Welcome to the audio ministry of Nanda Flora Williams. She is a speaker, author, psalmist, and coach. As you listen, be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Treasures for Living. Um, my name is Nandu Williams, and today we have with us uh, Pastor Manzino Ebogu. He has been a brother, a friend to uh, my husband, my husband's, um, one of my husband's close friends. I think I can describe him like that. And I'm going to let him introduce. <laughs> I'm going to let him introduce himself um, and just tell us a little bit about himself. Um, so, Pastor Manzino, uh, over to you. Thank you very much, Pastor Nandi. Um, it is such a pleasure and a joy to be with you and with my uh, pastor friend. Is not my close friend. He's my brother, yes. and uh, <laughs> so um, it's one of my oldest and my dearest friends. So. We have gone past that one a long time ago. It's a pleasure to be with you. Of course, your family is my family, and uh, I know vice versa. And um, I, there's nothing really much to say about me. There's not much about me. I think the most important thing is, is about me is what I would say, which is that I love God so dearly. And uh, I think that's the most important thing about me. Everything about me revolves around that. I love God very dearly. And, um, so everything I'm doing is, is just all about that. Okay, and then of course your your wife Neka needs to be not <laughs> <laughs> and and your children. So yes. Oh, wife. okay. <laughs> yes. My per personal life. Okay, yeah, I'm married. I have my my lovely wife Neka. I have three children, and um, yeah, I'm of course been in ministry for many years, and. Uh, uh, I think this year will make it 31 years since I've been ordained. And, um, yeah, I also uh, have one or two business interests. So that's, uh, in a summary, uh, what you need to do. Okay. Okay, so we'll just um, maybe say a quick prayer. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for this evening. We ask that you lead us. We ask that you speak to us and we ask that your name and your word will be glorified. We ask that people's lives will be changed as they listen to this podcast. May you touch lives, may you save homes, marriages, and may you cause your standard of righteousness to be lifted in our generation. We bless you. We exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to read scripture quickly, not because uh, obviously we're all Christians, but I felt it's just good to just always start from the word before we talk. So it's going to be conversational. Um, just feel, feel free to just, yes, jump in when um, you feel like. So I'll read First Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 1 to 10. It says, finally, believers, we ask and admonish you in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions that you received from us about how you ought to walk and please God. About us pleasing God, about how we walk, just as you are actually doing, and that you excel. So this conversation, conversations about us wanting to excel, even more and more, pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way 
that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. So we want to live in ways. You are talking about how you love God. You know, we want to live in ways. We all want to live in ways that expresses gratitude to God for our salvation. Verse 2 says, For you know what commandments and precepts we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified, separated, and set apart from sin, that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose and separated from things profane. Verse 5, not to be used in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. Verse 6, and that in this matter of sexual misconduct, no man shall transgress and defraud his brother because the Lord is the avenger in all things. Just as mm. we have told you before and solemnly warn you. So he's warning the church. He's reminding them of what he had told them before. Verse 7, for God has not called us to impurity but to holiness so we have a calling to holiness to be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him whether in public or in private so whoever rejects and disregards this is not merely rejecting man but the god who gives his holy spirit to you to dwell in you and empower you to overcome temptation so we have the holy spirit living in us to dwell in us he dwells in us which we know and he empowers us it's the holy spirit that helps us to overcome temptation verse 9 now concerning brotherly love you have no need for anyone to write you for you have been personally taught by god to love one another that is to have an unselfish concern for others and to do things for their benefit verse 10 for indeed you already do practice it towards all the believers throughout Macedonia by actively displaying your love and concern for them. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, that you excel in this matter more and more. Amen. Yeah, so I think, I, I think at the beginning, what, what um, I should have said, which I think you also said, is um, that my husband is here, <laughs> so he's in the background, friends in the background. I was like, oh, join us. I was like, no, I want to serve in the background. So yes, I just want to acknowledge him. <laughs> so yeah, so awesome, Manzino. Um, so question, yeah, um, what what is, um, which might sound like a funny question, well, what this whole talk of sexual misconduct and adultery or fornication or like what is it like what is it because i mean when you, you're watching films they're swearing they're talking about it yesterday i was watching a film and i was like oh my god you know so it's like what is it like how would you describe it what is it well you can talk it's about not, you can talk about not, the angle of single people and from the angle okay. of marriage yeah i mean wh whichever way we talk about it it boils down to lust lust is one of the most appetizing and appealing things known to man in fact you know lust is the exact thing that turns people away from god and turns people to satan because Jesus, Bible says in First John chapter two, says, "Love not the world 
all the things that are in the world. So he now defines what that is. He says, number one is the lust of the eyes. This is, this is the world and everything in it, in it. He defines what these are. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, which is lust for stature or what have you. So lust is it's the, it's, it's the quintessential, um, most appealing thing to the human um, mind and the human heart. From the beginning, whether it was Adam, you know, it's the most appealing thing. Everybody um, has the natural tendency to lust for things. And on top of that list is the lust for, 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 for sexual gratification. I mean, if he's left to every man, he wants to sleep with every woman on the face of this earth. That's just the reality. Most men... Any man who's telling you he doesn't want to sleep with most of the women, he's just lying to you. I'm really? sure your husband, <laughs> I'm sure your <laughs> husband tells, tells you that all the time. My husband he's tells just, me that. Um, no, he doesn't tell me that. <laughs> ah, okay, so that means he's really, um, I was going to say, say that it's either you are, someone is not facing realities or, you know, they are maybe, uh, celebrate in one way or the other <laughs> if yeah. not the truth is that it's it's natural it's a natural tendency there's nothing you know to be honest with you you know when i particularly you asked about like singles i was a singles pastor i was a youth pastor just like you were for many years we were all pastors in joss and most of our congregation then were um students if you remember and I always used to say to them that, you know, if you, uh, you tell me you are in love with somebody and you want to get married to somebody and you don't want to have sexual intimacy with that person, then, then you shouldn't bother getting married to the person. Because it's, it's natural. Mm. There's nothing unnatural about the desire for sexual gratification. But now what has happened is that God has now said, okay, you know what? I have that natural thing, but I want you to use it to worship me. I want you to use your body to worship me. So I'm going to put a cap. You can only get one man or one wife. And when you do, um, you cannot look outside again. Mm. So it becomes a barrier, but also becomes a platform by which we can offer worship to God. So it's, you know, it's there in everybody. The issue is, does everybody want to offer worship to God? That's where I'll stop for now. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll come back to something controversial that I think you said. But um, so how do you, when you said it becomes a platform for how you worship God, you say it becomes a platform. How, how does um, the fact that um, having lustful feelings or, 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 or sexual feelings, how does that become a platform? How is it um, something of worship? How is it? What, how do you link that to worship? Because many times, you know, the way they sell it in in, in, um, in the media, they sell it in music. It's like, oh, is this sensational thing? And it's all about me. And it's all about what I want. And this and that and that. And I agree with you that it's worship. So, but how do you? How do I explain that? Like, how break it down? How how is that? How can you offer that as worship? 
So is it is it that either you go you go with lust or you offer your body as a living sacrifice, like it says in Romans, holy and acceptable, you know, unto God. The Bible says that that's your reasonable act of worship. So how do I because in 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 when you when you worship, worship is uh, my husband says worship is not just what we say, it's also how we live. So yeah. how do I how do I you know leave out that worship? How do I leave it out and not go in the direction of loss? Well, I mean, first and foremost, let me just read a portion of scripture. Um in first in James and chapter one. It says that um from verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he or she is tempted that hey, look, I am tempted by god maybe i should actually read it in another translation there's a translation that i've been uh, enjoying lately so let me read it in that it says if people are tempted by such trials they must not say this temptation comes from god for god cannot be tempted with evil but people are tempted when they are drawn away and trapped by their own evil desires. Then their desires conceive and give birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So, I think at the heart of this matter is, you know, at what do we define as evil, as sin, as lost, and so on and so forth? Because for the average person in the world, what the person who fears God calls lost, it's not what they want to call lost. Paul says that their consciences have already been saved. That means, you know, you, you have a wound, after a while it maybe heals and it forms like a keloid. And that keloid is so strong and so hard that if you prick it with a pin, it's dead cell. You don't, you don't feel anything again. So you have a whole generation being fed with all kinds of things, things that offend God, actually. Mm -hmm. Things that have been described in the scriptures that this is offensive to God. And because God has said this is offensive to God, James is one of the good teachers in that. Because in James chapter 4, he, he goes on, who's brother of Jesus Christ, he goes on to say, hey, look, be careful because lost, if you want to tempt God, if you are a friend of this world, you are an enemy to God. Because God is very, very, very drawn to anger because of lust. If we allow, you know, these lusts um, to take over uh, our, our lives and to take over our bodies. So lust, lust is something that we have to offer to God and say, Lord, even though my body may feel this way, no, I mean, everybody doesn't have all lost. The Bible talks about you lost and you have not. You kill and you desire to have. So loss comes in different ways. And for, for all of us, <clears throat> the temptation to do things that our body is drawing us to do for different reasons. Exposure to the wrong environments, exposure to, you know, the Bible says, Evil communication corrupts good manners. So, I mean, basically, 
you know, lust is something that is at variance with God. Uh, I mean, like, again, James, in James 4, 1, he says, where do the wars come from and fightings? Do they not come because of the lusts that are at war in your bodies? So those are the things that, um, you know, the average person out there is, is, is doing things. Worldliness is just lost, that's all. If I, if I can summarize what it means to be a worldly person, is lost. So in the world, they must feed lost because that's their food. Just as in when you become a Christian, your food becomes the word of God. And when that happens, then you become like your husband because your husband has no feeling of loss, like you said. And so he has been filled with the word of God. That's what I said. That's the <laughs> yeah, I, said. I think so. <laughs> he has been no, so I said filled. he did not say. Yes. <laughs> so I said he did not say. You said. Let's go back. Let's go, go back. Go and talk we, about we, your. And talk about. We, we play with ourselves a lot. <laughs> yes, it, but the truth is that when you're very filled with the word of God, you find out that it's like, how do I put it? Let me so give you a story. Would, so let me ask a question. Okay. So okay. would you say, so in, so in terms of lust, because you talked about the lust, feeding lust, um, and the world wanting to gratify the lust that is in all of us. Yeah. Um, so would you say that, um, and you talked about maybe environment and evil communication corrupting good morals so so would you say for instance because you're talking about being filled with the word so if somebody's listening to this and they are in a place where they don't want to yield to lust they want to yield to god they want to offer themselves as vessels of worship unto god would you say what they need to do is just fill themselves with the word of god or create the right environments around them that will cause them to gravitate towards the things of god how would how would i how would i reduce is it do i reduce it do i cast it out do i bind it do i what do i do with the lost well two things first of all let me let me give an analogy a farmer has two dogs a white dog and a black dog and then every week he goes with his son to the town square to bet with these dogs he put them fighting against each other. And every week, unfailingly, whichever dog he wants to win, must win. So if he bets on the black dog this week, he wins. If he bets on the white dog, he wins. And so everybody's, oh, how does this happen? So one day his son asked him, Dad, please tell me the secret. What is the secret? Why? Why? Do you always win these bets? How can you? Do you talk to the dogs? So he said, son, I'll tell you a secret, but don't tell anybody. He says, you know, anytime I want the white dog to win, I simply feed the white dog that week and starve the black dog that week. Mm. That's all I'm going to do. Mm. And so if I want the black dog, I do the same thing. I feed the black dog and I starve the white dog. Mm. Jesus, secondly, Jesus put it this way in... Um, John chapter 3, verse 30. Speaking about John the Baptist, or rather John the Baptist puts it this way, speaking about Jesus. He says, he must increase and then I must decrease. Mm -hmm. So you have a bucket, and in that bucket, it's or two buckets. One is full of stones, one is full of water. 
imagine one is Jesus Christ and one is one is worldliness, lost, and what have you. Uh, and it's our life. Jesus says, just pour the stones, the rocks into, they're the same size buckets. What's going to happen? It's going to displace the other bucket of water. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is that what we expose ourselves to, what we feed on, is what is going, we are going to become eventually. That's why if somebody is born in, say, Afghanistan, there's a very high probability they'll become a Muslim. There's a high probability that they, are, they will learn certain type of culture that's yeah. different from somebody, say, born in maybe, um, I don't know, Australia or Kenya or something. So, yeah. so the, the bottom line is, what are we exposing ourselves to? What are we feeding on? What are we allowing to invade our minds and to take over our minds? Because this mind is, is, a, is, a, is a territory on its own. And whoever controls this mind is going to control your body. That's why the Bible talks about the carnal mind or the spiritual mind. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded. So there's a war at go going on. There's a war at play in our, all our minds, everybody. For people who are bought into the doctrine of lust and whom the Bible calls worldly people, it's because, you know, the you spirit... You're feeding oh, one of the dogs. You are feeding one of the dogs. That's all. I, I'm, some have been fed so fat that mm -hmm. they don't understand what you're talking about. What is this person talking about? Mm -hmm. But there, in the other realm where we are feeding on the word of God, you find out that, like I said earlier, it's not that you don't feel an attraction to, like a man. I'm, I'm a man. I'm a pastor. I love the Lord. But it doesn't mean that sometimes I may not see a pretty lady or somebody who I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to, in quote, the issue is, what do I do with it? Oh, yes. What do I... <laughs> the I'm, issue teasing is what... I'm teasing you now. I'm putting you on this one. Eh? You're attracted, eh? Okay, oh, I'm absolutely. Okay. Same thing with lust for money. Same thing with lust for... The thing is, when I know that God doesn't want something, it becomes worship to me. Yep. Because my, my ability... To not what was what was the Garden of Eden about? God didn't want them just to eat of one tree. That became worship. The fact that they they could, you know, say, God, I won't eat of that tree, no matter what. Mm -hmm. That was the worship God wanted. You can't serve God without worship. So to make you worship him is gonna deprive you of some things. And usually these things are very inimical to your being, to your well-being. Look at, what's her name? Um, Lot, Lot's wife. After God has given Lot's wife grace and given all of them grace, sends his angels to deliver them, save them out of uh, destruction, what happens next? God himself puts the barrier and says, don't look back. Mm -hmm. Why don't look back? What, what's, what, what, is looking, what does looking back mean? Looking back means worship. Don't look back. He has given you a platform to worship him. And deny the lust of, I want to look back. God has said, don't look back. So the platform to worship God is what is being desecrated by the world, the lust that it is providing. So when we see all these sexual, sexually charged things mm -hmm. that mean to make people you know, um, become it, it, it creates desires, it creates yes, 
it tell to it create lust. Yes, yes, yes. To create yes. lust, you know, because lust on itself. God has said, no, don't do that. Don't lust after your your neighbor's wife. Don't lust after this. Don't lust after that. But the world is anti-Christ, and he says, we will lust. And so they begin to feed you with everything that will make you do that exact thing that is worship to God. Thank you for listening to this message. We trust that you've been blessed, encouraged, and transformed to go out and make a difference.